sporting news, reviews and reviews. This is the Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the Sports Desk, the second edition of 2024. It is great to have you coming for another beautiful Monday evening. I'll be host Liam Cole, I'm joined alongside Ethan Regan. Welcome, guys. Thank you. How are you doing? You alright? Thanks yes. for having How me. How are you? Great. I'm great. How is your concert with Taylor Swift? <gasps> Amazing. She was absolutely incredible. Normally, I'm used to going to the MCG to see football, but uh, this time it was to see Taylor Swift perform, and I'll just say she was absolutely incredible. I'm actually wearing friendship bracelets oh. that I got from the concert right now. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Not going to lie, I was pretty jealous. <laughs> I was also jealous as well. <laughs> Which era did you end up going as? I went as Folklore. So she has a song called Mirrorball. I wore like a disco ball t-shirt and yeah, some of my friends went, I think one of them went as the music video for You Belong With Me. She's got like the, you know, the Junior Jewels t-shirt. She made it all herself and it was great. It was so much fun. Yeah. You, I know it's a sports show, but could you actually hear Taylor Swift or is it just... People screaming. I could. There was a little bit of screaming here and there when she was... I was. I went the night she announced a new song, so everyone was like, yes, this is great. And so you couldn't really hear her during that moment. But, yeah, we could. I could hear her sing. So she's actually singing, not lip-syncing. All right, let's go back to the sport. And with some news, uh, Matilda, start us off. Yes, so Yannick Sinner, the winner of the men's final here in Australian Open, has followed up with a win at the Rotterdam Open against the Australian Di Manua. So will this mark as a beginning for dominance for Yannick Sinner? What do we think? It definitely looks like it. He looked really good in the Australian Open. He showed a lot of fight and a lot of character, and he's continued that on into Rotterdam. So I think it would probably be at the moment between him and Alcaraz. Yeah, I think it's definitely a new era in tennis. Got yeah, it's Rafael the year of Sinner. Yeah. yeah. Not getting any younger than Federer is gone. Djokovic, he's still... Um, he's yeah, still kicking on. So, yeah, he's still um, he's still doing well. He's very so, young, you know, so yeah, twenty-two. He's so. now um, number three in the world rankings. So he's up there now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything else from you, Matilda? Um, we had the Richmond v Melbourne practice match on the weekend, and it went for seven. You can't say quarters because it wasn't four. It was actually seven quarters but they weren't quarters so seven sevenths I guess so I can tell you the scores of the four quarters yeah. which is probably the main thing yeah I think the last three were basically giving the VFL players and some young players some time yeah so Richmond won you'd be happy Matilda yes 117 at Richmond to 94 Melbourne yeah um, not a lot to take out it was just a match sim I think the real uh, licensed practice games in the coming weeks will probably tell a lot more but yeah it was it was interesting to see Richmond sort of playing around with their forward line I mean we do have a couple of players missing obviously with Jack Rewalt retiring so I think they're just sort of testing the waters as to who will do well in the forward line this year we had Noah Bolter move into the forward line and he did great so it'd be awesome to see him play in the actual practice matches in the forward line and hopefully for the rest of the season. Yeah, Shea Bolton, he looked very dangerous in yes. the practice game, yeah. but um, he definitely stood out and also Cozzy Pickett from Melbourne. Mm -hmm. If he gets a bit more midfield time, I think they'll be very dangerous. Christian Petrarca, he was class oh, above. I love his recipes. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, he's a great yeah. footballer, awesome footballer. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's on par in both, I reckon, to be honest. Yeah. So um it'll be interesting to see where Richmond go this year with their new coach, um, Adam Yeze, however you say it. Um yeah, because we sort of had an instability last year, so it'll be awesome to see how he will take the Tigers this year and see what direction they go in. Yeah, there's quite a few people who are saying, you know, Richmond, they're going to make bottom four. I know Kane Corn is bullish um, <laughs> on that, but I still think they've got a really good core. Um, yeah. A lot of players missing. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday, we got Martin, Prestia, Yeah. Just a bit of scrambling around, I guess, sort of yep. to figure out where everyone belongs this year and how the team will work this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Ethan, some news. Yeah, just quickly, I didn't want to really include it in the football section that's coming up later, but the Ivory Coast won the Africa Cup of Nations last week. They beat Nigeria 2-1 in the final, and it's a bit of a weird one, because they were the host nation of this tournament, and they were at risk of going out in the group stages. They sacked their manager, so they sacked the gaffer, they brought a new man in, and he won them the tournament with four wins from four in the knockouts. How good is that? You know, that wow. really happens. There's it? no rules at the African Cup of Nations, no rules at all. And we watched every minute of that game, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to rugby. So in the rugby union, one of the teams, the Melbourne Rebels, have been placed into administration following 10 staff being stood down last week, including the CEO, Baden Stevenson. So basically they owe $21 million Gosh. to 47 different parties and the rugby league boss oh cannot confirm, uh, confirm whether they are going to be in the league for 2025. So they are getting a lot of handouts so they can be financially stable for at least this season. But yep. you've got to feel sorry for the club, for the fans, yeah, uh, and for the players who start their campaign on Friday night against the Brumbies. Yeah. I mean, it is hard to sort of crack into, like, Melbourne, you know, we're sort of a more of an AFL sort of state, so it's sort of hard to crack into, I guess, like, rugby's sort of hard to crack into that um, because we prefer our AFL and we're sort of an AFL state. I mean, most of the teams in the league in AFL are Victorian teams so it's sort of hard for them to you know get people out there watching them so hopefully it all works out well for them absolutely their campaign as I said starts Friday so terrible news and you know it's got to give you know some bad luck for the fans who have been loyal there's not a lot got to say um, a few empty seats in Amy Stadium but um, Terrible um, form from the rugby league union. Yeah, um, and I, mean, I, I mean, hopefully their campaign is as successful as our Save Sin campaign. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Case, um, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to AFL, so North Melbourne forward Taron Thomas has been handed a 18-week suspension for some off-field issues. Um, some, yeah, most of them are allegations. Um, firstly, um, but it's a big blow for Taron Thomas and the Roos who have invested a lot into him. First round draft pick um, a couple years back. Um, yeah, I doubt he will play for North Melbourne probably again. To be honest, wow, that it's 18 weeks, so he'll yeah, he'll that's a lot, a lot of the season, yeah. And in my opinion, I think North Melbourne will 
uh, come last, so I don't think they'll be playing the finals. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough for North, but they've got plenty of young youngsters. Yeah, they're just going to build it back up again, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So, great uh, talking some news there on the sports desk. We've got a jam-packed episode as usual. We've got some cricket and some soccer next. You are watching the sports desk that gets a You are on the sports desk. That was Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Cruel cool Summer. That is a bang. It is time to talk some <laughs> soccer. Yes, that's right. Now, it's been a busy, busy week in the world of football. First of all, in the Premier League, Arsenal beat Burnley 5-0. So they keep on winning. They keep the pressure on Liverpool at the top of the league. One team that didn't was Manchester City. They drew one all with Chelsea at home. Erling Haaland, who is known for being so clinical, registered mm. the most shots in Premier League history without scoring. He had 10 shots with two on target. Not a good day for the big Norwegian, and he was... Pretty animated at the end. He wasn't happy. Missed a lot of headers. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of headers. Yeah. A lot of headers. Not a good day for City. Um, one team it was good, though, on the other side of Manchester, United. They continued on their fine form. They beat Luton 2-1 at Kenilworth Road this morning, thanks to a brace from Rasmus Hoyland, who just mm. doesn't stop scoring at the moment. Seven in his last six in the Prem, eight and eight in all competitions. And there was another famous face at Kenilworth Road, Matilda. Yes, there was. Harry Styles was there, and he had a new haircut. <laughs> it was great. No. I know I don't know how people feel about that, but it was great to see Harry Styles again. He's sort of been out of the limelight, but that's not sport related. So <laughs> <laughs> they had a big win, four-one against Brentford. Uh, they did. Jota got stretched off, but they've had some really good attackers. Nunes is in great form. Uh, Luis Diaz, all from the Portugal league. Mo Salah's back. Yep, Mo Salah in amongst the goals as usual. Back and straight back on the score sheet. It's. They look like they're going to be very tough to catch at the moment and I don't think anyone really would have said this about Liverpool at the start of the season because they looked like they were still very much transitioning into that new era under Klopp who obviously now is not going to be there past this season. So to do what they are doing right now is impressive. Yeah. It's very, very impressive. So Erling Haaland is the leading goal scorer of the competition with 16, followed by second place, Mo Salah, 15. And Dominic Solanke from Bournemouth. Do you know much about He's him? He's having a great season. He is. Dominic Solanke's record in the Premier League up until this season actually hasn't been that good. Yeah. But I don't know what's going on at Bournemouth. I haven't seen a lot of them, despite the fact that where I grew up in England, they're relatively local. Um... But they're having a pretty good season, and although they were in some relegation trouble early and they, they battled the drop last year, they look solid under Areola. Yep, so Liverpool are first place with 57 points, 17 wins, alongside Arsenal with 55 points. They've won their last five on the bounce. Man City third place, the draw was not ideal for them. They're on 53 points. Aston Villa still in the top fours. So they still want some Champions League action with Ollie Watkins leading the charge there. Tottenham, they lost to the Wolves. That was a really disappointing loss, 2-1. That's a that's a big loss for Tottenham, mm. but it's also not that surprising. It's very Spursy, and yep. that's 
It's a big blow for Ange's top four hopes, definitely. It's not over for Tottenham yet. They play good football, and I think they'll probably be all right. But an off day against a Wolves team who are just very, very tricky to play against under Gary O'Neill. They're very industrious, they're very robust, and Pedro Neto, what a player. Is Ange's charm sort of coming off a little bit? At the start of the tournament, they were all guns blazing and now just uh, same old Tottenham. I don't think so. I think it's hard to say that somebody's charm's worn off after less than a season, unless it was David Moyes at Man United. But I think with Angie's had to deal with a lot of injuries and... I think having Son out as well at the the Asian Cup hasn't helped Spurs in any way. But I think it's hard to say that somebody's charm has worn off after under a season. If they're showing similar signs of inconsistency at this point next season, you could say that they might have been found out a little bit. But I think Ange is still very much learning this squad as well as Tottenham are still learning how to play under him. Yeah, Kulusevski played pretty well um, for Tottenham. Good pickup from Juventus as well, uh, and then you got Richarlison who has had a pretty good season. Richarlison is a man reinvented. Mm. He was a few months ago. He was getting written off by a lot of Tottenham fans, and he's come back in. He's their second top scorer, double digits in the Premier League this season, I believe. And in the last month, has completely set the league alight. Scored a brace against Everton. Scored a few crucial winners for Spurs this season as well, and has really, really shown that. Although he wouldn't exactly fill Harry Kane's boots when he left in the summer, he's been more than able to hold his own. Let's move on to the A-League, shall we? And it was the Melbourne Derby where it resulted in a nil-all draw between Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory. Both teams had early chances with Matthew Leckie looking dangerous hitting the post. And Victory, that's a big loss for them. If they won that, they would have went second place. And out of their last six games, five of them have been draws. So they're coughing up a lot of uh, points, that's for sure. Yeah, and if you're a Victory fan, you'd probably be a little bit frustrated because on the one hand, it's good that you're not losing games. You understand how to grind out results. But at the other other hand, you want to turn some of those draws into wins, especially in a derby. There's not one game you'd love to win more than a derby. And to have it play out in a nil-nil against the City team who definitely aren't what they used to be is pretty disappointing if you're a victory fan so they dominated that game 17 shots on goal to six six shots on target to city's three and then six corners to city's just two so city they haven't been really on this year at all um let's move on to the western sydney wanderers coach mark rudin who has copped a three-match ban one of them suspended with him missing last night's game and also the adelaide united game on the 24th for basically criticizing the referees after the the team received some (laughs) impactful decisions in the past couple games um it's it wasn't a good look. If you listen to uh, the press conference, I'm not sure what their PR team were. <laughs> the PR team would be literally looking at the people going like, "Cut the mics!" Right? <laughs> Scrambling. <laughs> As a Wanderers fan, you you probably love the passion, but it's just not a good look. It's um, it's a bit of a sook, isn't it? It's really mm. not a good look, and. You see, especially in England when it happens, like Mikel Arteta, Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, they all get called out for it. Everybody is like, well, you can call out the decisions all you want, but at the end of the day, the referees are only human. I get VARs there to help them, but you can't go out in a press conference and just 
scrutinise all of the rest for every decision they get wrong because they're not perfect. And no matter what way they make a decision, it's going to be looked at as wrong from a certain point of view, especially if it goes against the Wanderers. He's not probably not going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, that was a great call for a 50-50 foul. But it's not yeah. a good look for the club. You can't just go mm. there and go off at the referees. <laughs> I mean, normally you, you hear of suspensions for players, so the fact that there's one for a coach is just so interesting. It's just like, how do you, how far do you have to go to get suspended as a coach, you know? like, Yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's yeah. Well, at times we do see managers getting sent off their little square exits. <laughs> <laughs> getting sent off up into the box. We do see that, but not missing games, I don't think. No. You would have, you would have post-game suspensions. Arsene Wenger's one that comes yeah. to mind. Iconic <laughs> one at Old Trafford. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but they do miss games as a result of it, and managers' head loss is never a good thing because they're supposed to be the apart from the captain the real leading force in the dressing room the person who's supposed to drill the players and get them to keep their heads under situations where things feel a little bit tense so it doesn't always set the best example so let's have a look at the ladder of the A-League and Wellington Phoenix is at top with 36 points and just the two losses which is really impressive and then you got the Central Coast Mariners with uh, up second with 31 points Mick Arthur who lost to Wellington Phoenix last night they are third with 28 points and then victory their costly draw is um, resulting them in being in fourth place with 28 points and then Sydney FC 26 points fifth place and then the Wanderers 25 points and sixth place so Costa Barbarousas, um, not sure if you know him that well, guys, but he used to play for Victory, 33 years old. He's kicked eight goals this season in 18 games. He's been really impressive for the Phoenix. Yeah, he's a big part of why Wellington are where they are. It's the same with what Jamie McLaren was doing at City a few years ago when they were right up at the top of the table. You need strikers who score goals goals I mean obviously goals win your games and Barbarousas is showing that he's aging like a fine wine and might just have one more title charge left in him the crowds they've been okay um, I think the Wellington Phoenix crowds are really getting behind their teams um, over in New Zealand which is good to see the Mariners their crowds are quite good uh, the Derby was pretty good but if you look at a whole competition perspective is probably not at its best and mm. very similar to the rugby union. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not governed very well. Yeah. It's um yeah. anything else, Champions League Ethan. Champions League was back on Valentine's Day. First game was back on Ooh. Valentine's Day. And Lazio beat Bayern Munich one nil. That was the shock. Yep. Uh, so they beat them 1-0 in Rome. Chiro Immobile scored a penalty about 20 minutes from time. He's a criminally underrated footballer, by the way. He's a brilliant forward. Um, and that really rounds out a terrible week for Thomas Tuchel's men. They got battered by Leverkusen in the Bundesliga. And now they are in serious trouble of going out of the Champions League. Manchester City faced a pretty riled-up Copenhagen in Denmark. They won 3-1. PSG beat Sociedad relatively comfortably. And in the other game, 
Real Madrid beat Leipzig 1-0 without Jude Bellingham. No Bellingham, no problem. Brahim Diaz came in and scored the winner, but Leipzig were unlucky and there was a bit of controversy in that game. They took the lead, the German side, two minutes in, had the ball in the back of the net, but VAR disallowed it despite the player who scored being onside. Yeah, so Bayern Munich, they're not having a very good season in all competitions, really. Um, and Thomas Tuchel, his job is definitely under fire with Hansi Flick um, amongst the candidates to replace him. I think Tuchel will be okay. I think Bayern have gone through a lot of change over the last summer, and I think that they're still very much gelling how to play with Harry Kane. I know he's a top scorer in the Bundesliga and seems to have settled in very well, but it still takes time to adjust. And when that happens when it goes wrong it goes terribly wrong and at the moment that is just what's happening they're a brilliant side they're in a rough patch they definitely went all out to get him and they sacked Julian Nagelsmann who didn't have you know you know not a bad record but you know Tuchel hasn't set the house on fire as he did at Chelsea yeah Nagelsmann had a great record and I think with Tuchel mm. the thing that helped him so much at Chelsea was he was building a team that had a lot of parts in place but needed guidance they had a lot of young players obviously they had Mason Mount Kai Havertz Timo Werner and they had a mix of experience in there with Kante and Thiago Silva whereas at Bayern he's taking this well-established synonymous with winning club and is trying to continue that and to take on that legacy is a lot of pressure and no matter how good of a manager you are you're going to struggle and Bayer Leverkusen let's move on to the Bundesliga they are on top and Bayern are second. You don't see that every day, don't you? And Xavi Alonso, former Bayern Munich player, he is the manager of that club and he's uh, definitely sought out. He is. He's marked as Klopp's replacement at Anfield, which would be interesting. He used to play at Liverpool and he was very good, but it would be interesting to see how his style of play transfers over from the Bundesliga into the Premier League, where it's very, very different. Yep, that just about wraps up our soccer chat. You are listening to the Sports Desk on Sin. Let's put on some Foo Fighters with My Hero on yeah. Sin. Welcome back to the Sports Desk on Sin, and that was My Hero by the Foo Fighters. It's got a banger there, let's be honest. It is. It right, is a let's banger. talk some cricket. Come on, Ozzy, come on. speak over the under-19 World Cup win against Australia and India where Australia they are champions again they are they comfortably beat them by 79 runs they batted first and posted a solid score of 251 and runs on the board in a final really proved uh, victors Harry Dixon Young Gun made 42, Captain Wibkin with 48, and for me it was probably Harjit Singh was probably probably the pick of the batsman with 55 runs off 64 with three huge sixes, and the Indians got bowled out for 174. What do you make of that game, Ethan? I thought Australia were really good. Runs on the board in a final, like you said, are really, really important. And what we've seen in a lot of the Cricket World Cup finals is, even if it's a low tally like 250, chasing is hard. Chasing a tally is difficult because you're so aware of the number and you know the stakes. It was a pretty low-scoring tournament, I must say. And 
Sometimes semi-finals are harder to win than the actual final, and that proved probably true for the Aussies, who just beat Pakistan in the semi-final by one wicket. Callum Vidler and Tom Straker was probably the pick of the bowlers for the whole tournament, and Straker took uh, six in that semi-final, so that was a huge win, um, that's for sure. Let's speak about the Aussie women and they absolutely smashed South Africa by an innings and 284 runs at the Wacker. Obviously, the Wacker is renowned as a very bouncy and pacey wicket, and that proved true with South Africa batting first and getting bowled out for 76. How? Wow. Wow, that's um, not very handy. Darcy <laughs> Brown with five. She's continuing on her good form with red and the white ball. Annabelle Sutherland with three wickets, and it was basically the Annabelle Sutherland show, scoring a double century, 210. How good was wow. she? Wow. She's an incredible young cricketer. So, yeah, a double ton. That's an unbelievable effort in any test match, and she took three with the ball in the first innings as well and backed up Darcy Brown really well. And that whole cricketing family as well. Will Sutherland made his Australian one-day international debut against the West Indies in the most recent series. And Annabelle's out there scoring a double hundred in the test match against South Africa. Yep, and Elisa Healy got out on 99, caught and bowled, and joins her husband, Mitchell Stark, both getting out on 99. That is a unique stat, isn't it? That's a really unique stat. How many... How do you break that down? <laughs> do you reckon, how many cricketing couples, first of all, do you reckon actually there are? And then what are the chances... <laughs> what are the chances that both of them have been out on 99? That is... Unbelievable. And Australia, I'm pretty sure Australia declared with one batter stranded on 49 as well. Oh, how dare you. (laughs) (laughs) If I was on 49, you are not... I'm getting dragged off. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... And then Australia replied with 575 runs, so they didn't mind the bouncy pitch at the Wacker. Yeah, they really didn't. And South Africa were in the game for a big stretch of that. They had Australia in trouble quite early, but similar to England, which we'll get onto in a second, mm. uh, they did not capitalise on that at all, and Australia put on a massive partnership through the middle, and that was way too much for South Africa. Absolutely, and for me, it's disappointing only to see one test, just another one test. Yeah. We saw yeah. In India late last year, just another one. Got a good stat. South Africa, their women's side, have only played two tests in nine years. Two wow. tests. You've got to feel sorry for them. Yeah. That result can probably explain the performance, that's for yeah. sure. You do have to feel bad for them. But also, with the way it is now, Australia having played two women's tests quite recently, one in India and then one at home, it does show that the ICC is slowly starting to grow the women's game in the test arena, which is only a good thing. Let's move on to some Shield results. Now, it is day four for most of the games, but... Um, there are a few results. So Tassie opener Caleb Jewell has put his side in a good position, making 227 runs, almost off a runner ball in Tassie. And that is the biggest uh, score of an individual batsman for the season. So he was seeing them like beach balls. He must be in with a chance of opening the batting for Australia mm-hmm. at some point. He's done really well this season for Tasmania and he looks the part. He's very solid. He's... 
very strong batsman and he scored a lot of runs and he's just knocking on the door of Cam Bancroft and the other serious candidates for that opening place. Yep, he's had to work really hard a couple of years ago. He couldn't get a game for Tassie, playing grey cricket, uh, dominating, but very good square, the wicket player, and he's got a good mindset, shows plenty of intent, that's for sure. Bo Webster tons up in the second innings, and Jordan Silk, I really like his batting right now. He's in really good form with the bat. Um, and then South, Af- uh, South Australia, I should say. <laughs> um, they were off to a terrible start, being three for none in their game against Queensland. Three for none? Yep, so... Do you think Fraser McGurk, uh, he's just, he just needs to change the way he starts his innings, just especially in red ball cricket. It just seems like he's just teeing off. just needs to give himself a little bit more time. What do you think, Ethan? I think Fraser McGurk's a brilliant cricketer. Oh, I think yeah. he's got... He's yeah. got such a big future for Australia, especially the, that one day not for South Australia where they were chasing 400 and he made, what was it, 100 off, 130 off 40 balls or something ridiculous like that. He's an excellent cricketer, but I do agree with you that you do have to adjust how you play depending on which format. So in one-day cricket and T20 cricket, when you do have to go from the start, he's perfect for that. But in test cricket, it would either be, if he's going to open, maybe add a bit more of a of a relaxed, a bit more patient approach, or put him in the middle order where he can take advantage of uh, a weaker ball and tired bowlers and then really play that strong counter-attacking game. Yeah, absolutely. And Victoria are looking like they are going to beat New South Wales with Maddinson, Wilpakowski and Hanscom all scoring centuries. And Maddinson, he got dropped in the BBL as captain for the Renegades, but I think he's more of a red ball cricketer now. I think at the start of his career, he was very white ball dominant, but he was uh, absolutely smacking Nathan Lyon. Three sixes in one over. He looked really good. Uh, Will Bukowski, good to see him back again with some concussion issues, but um, can't doubt his skill. I really hope that he gets a chance to string some games together he has had so many issues with concussions so many setbacks and the test he did play for Australia against a very strong Indian attack he did well he did very very well and even if it isn't at the international level I would love to see Will Bukowski get the chance to carve out a brilliant first class career Absolutely. Hanscom, good to see him uh, score a century as well. Hubakovsky, I think he signed with Leicestershire Foxes in county championships, so hopefully that will improve his game and potentially he might play in the Ashes uh, next one in England and smoke the palms, Ethan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Sutherland with the Pfeiffer, Sutherland family having a great week in cricket and Jack Edwards getting out on 99 for the Blues. A lot of getting out on 99 this week. A lot of unlucky cricketers. A lot of very annoyed cricketers back in the sheds. It's not good. Absolutely. Let's talk about uh, England and India. Yes, we we do. do. Yeah. The elephant in the room. (laughs) We have to. What happened in that second innings? Well, you know, it was going really well. It was. Um, England were 200 for two. Ben Duckett made 150. That was a brilliant knock. It just had nobody to go with him in the first innings. And then England completely fell apart from there. Jaiswal made pretty much a runnable double hundred. That was... Look, I want to talk about that. Sorry to uh, annoy you, but... (laughs) He retired on Jaiswal. He retired on 104 because he was tired. 
then he came back the next day, all fresh up, and made another century. I mean, come on, surely you can't do that. I mean, it's a physical sport. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. He came back after 40 winks and then made another time. Yeah, I'm tired. I, don't go. I think I think that kind of sums it up for England, to be honest. <laughs> well. Duckett played well. Duckett did play well, but apart from that, nobody else really stood out. And that's the problem for England at the moment, is that we're still struggling against spin. It's quite obvious. Joe Root's having a very bad tour by his incredibly high standards. And what did you make of his dismissal in the first innings, I think? Yeah. Yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no words from Ethan. So India lead that series 2-1. So it's not all but done. A yeah. five-match series, and I really like the way England are playing um, with the basball theory. I like, I like the way that England go about it just in general because when it works it's amazing when it doesn't work we have our worst defeat since the second world war which was exactly what happened <laughs> that was a long time ago that was a long long time ago <laughs> absolutely and i think that just about wraps us up for cricket great chat let's put on some birds of tokyo for your monday evening Ron. welcome back you are on the sports desk and guys what time is it it's minute mondays Absolutely. Uh, are you guys ready? I think Ethan's shaking a little bit. But, um, <laughs> it's not you should be alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I haven't scored once in a minute Monday, so I've you're... Got, I haven't either. You're against a pure rookie in this, so you're fine. I've got big shoes to fill in Jason Evans, the oh. uh, old quiz master. Jason. But, um... <laughs> He'll be on our show later on the season. Don't worry. Um, but, uh, yeah, all right. Are you guys ready? Yes. We're ready. Who did Anna Sabalenka have to be in the semi-final of the Australian Open? Zhang. Incorrect. Coco Goff. That's correct. No. Ethan, who was announced the captain of the Sydney Swans in 2024? Oh, no, this as well. Is it... Franklin? Oh, it was on the warm-up there for a week. Oh, sorry. Um, I know this. Now, I'm taking to Callum Mills. Which Matildas player suffered an ACL injury? Sam Kerr. Correct. Uh, who finished last in the Big Bash this year? Melbourne Renegades. No, Sydney Thunder. <laughs> Which Australian swimmer announced his retirement late last year? I don't know. Skip. Mac Hawthorne. What was the name of the 16-year-old? Luke Littler. I think you got it. You got two, I got one. So, yeah. 2-1. Well done, Ethan. I scored! Absolutely. (laughs) And, I think that was a great episode, guys. Yeah, Yeah, that was... Fantastic. And I think that just about wraps us up for this Monday evening. Thank you so much for your company, and we will see you next time, same time, same place, on the Sports Desk. Yeah.